and we're live! Wow, first time ever episode of the Shot Callers podcast. Outside of the NBA, uh, live from the studio remotely like Marv Albert, but hopefully with less breathing noises. Uh, I'm Rich, (laughs) I'm I'm your host, Rich. Uh, To my uh, computer's right virtually is Kyle. Say what's up to the people, Kyle. What's good, what's good? And staying awake, hanging on, struggling mightily. Hey, man. We got Robin right down here. You staying awake? You got taking a Red Bull over there? Man, I need to at this point. <laughs> We'd Robin, Robin's going through a career change, waking schedule change, lifestyle change, lots of changes. One thing that is changing about the NBA this season, as you guys might have known, listening to us all season long, is we have the play-in tournament. We've had some definite peaks and valleys, some lackluster games, some amazing games. Yep and some lackluster games. We lucked out, we drew the shortest straw, and we got to watch the Wizards take on the Indiana Pacers tonight, uh, you know, for the battle for the seven, for the eighth seed uh, after the uh, Pacers try to stake their claim, uh, taking out their previous opponents. What are y'all's immediate reactions? Oh, before we get to that, with new format, so I'm all discombobulated. Uh, mm. We do want to let people know that we say thanks for turning into this stream if they are now or later on when we post it uh, for, you know, a uh, re-review uh, in the morning. Where else can people find our content, Kyle? I don't have it listed in front of me. Yeah, yeah, okay. they put me on the spot, man. But. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, so we also have a podcast form, Normal Audio, which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio.com, Radio Public, uh, Pocket Casts. And I think I might have said Google Podcast twice, but Ooh. Google Podcast. So mm. if that's your preferred medium, we are there. Uh, Stitcher is another way. And if you guys like our content, have any feedback you want to share, please let us know. You guys can leave us a rating and review. Always helps. We love any kind of feedback, constructive criticism. Uh, and then as far as social media goes, where can people reach out to us besides our live YouTube comments, Kyle? Mm. Was, so Instagram, yeah, Twitter, Instagram and Twitter. My bad. <laughs> I I was checking the links again. My bad. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. Instagram and Twitter at Shot Caller Show. Uh, same thing uh, at our Gmail, Shot Caller Show at Gmail dot com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right, so we got a little deer in the headlines action over here from Kyle. No, I'm Robin. I, we're 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 on a new format. Like we're allowed to do like cool stuff now. So I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like checking everything out still. So, yo, that's for uh, sure. That's yeah. for sure. It is exciting. We are on Streamyards. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Streamyards. Uh, Robin, give me some immediate takeaways from this from this exciting matchup tonight. This ex- this matchup was boring after the first quarter. No, I'm just kidding. Um. It kind of showed that the Pacers are missing Miles Turner. I think he was a big piece, um, definitely. And then I just didn't think the the Pacers had enough. I don't think the Warrior or the Wizards have enough, but they had more. They have at least you know Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, who some nights can actually carry your team. Uh, some nights, as you saw against the Celtics, they cannot. Um, but the pace they had more than the Pacers, especially with Sabonis getting in foul trouble. Even though he stayed in the game, when you get in foul trouble, like your game, you have to change how you play. You can't be aggressive on defense, and then if you're not aggressive on defense, the other team gets a lot of easy ones, as it looked like when the Wizards were getting some uh, easy baskets. But 
That's that's what I really had as far Some as Some easy takeaways. baskets is a understatement, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Looking at the leads here, biggest lead for the Pacers was three points. That was happening early when they were going back and forth. The Pacers took three, almost three whole minutes to end their scoring drought from starting the game, get their first bucket going. Doug, McDerm- Doug McDermott getting a layup in the lane. The Wizards kind of shot out ahead, went up about you know six, eight, ten points, and then the lead just kept ballooning and ballooning. It was like a parade just right through the paint and like you knew it was bad when you hear coach Nate Bjorkren who probably isn't going to be returning to the Pacers after yeah. a tumultuous mm-hmm. locker room you know season at the end of this year saying look guys every time anybody puts up a shot immediately run back on defense don't even try to offensive rebound we need to try to stop their fast break attack at any at all costs and that wasn't working. They were getting pressure on the rim super easily. Howell Neto, of all people, was laying it in over people. Russell Westbrook, as you could see compared to the previous game you played against the Celtics, was actually getting to the rim with force, like jumping into people, creating space, going towards the rim, putting the pressure on, and you know darting that the ball out to teammates. So definitely a, a major, major point of uh, of disparity between the teams. It was super hard for the uh, for the Pacers to score at times. And it was, and they were making it super easy for the Wizards to score. I think they shot almost sixty percent from the field at the end of the day. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, another thing about Nate too, uh, they played an audio clip of him. Uh, I think after during the second quarter or whatever, uh, him telling uh, Demontis Sabonis, "Hey, mm-hmm. you have three fouls, but I, I got to keep you in, or like I, I got to leave you in. Don't get another dumb one, but play play safe or whatever." And mm-hmm. uh, you know they were the commentators or or the the analysts they were saying like oh that the sense of desperation and it, it totally is it, it makes sense like the Pacers had like no offense going on uh, I mean Sabonis wasn't you know he wasn't doing all that great uh, Daniel Gafford he was playing great defense on him uh, uh, Alex Lynn too it. You, Robin, you said uh, they miss Miles Turner. I, I also think they miss uh, Karis LeVert a lot too. Uh, he yeah. could he could have definitely helped out their offense. He's he's been out for like safety and pro, uh, like uh, safety COVID safety protocols and stuff. And I'm like, man, like that that's that literally is the, the worst most unfortunate time. one. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, like yeah. you it's feel the worst timing. Like mm-hmm. it could be like some. Hopefully he's healthy and and yeah. you know unaffected by the virus. But you know if he was. Luckily enough, you know, not actually affected, but came into contact with someone that was infected, and then that's why he's got to stay out. That must feel terrible to be away yeah. from the team at, at a time like this. It is a time of desperation. Mm-hmm. You could tell just by watching that uh, that Lakers Warriors game mm-hmm. uh, just yesterday. That was some desperation, uh, you know, ball. That was Game Seven, you know, mm-hmm. and these teams yeah. unfortunately aren't as stacked talent-wise compared to teams like that. The Lakers aren't even supposed to be in this bracket, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's a do-or-die situation, uh, as illustrated by Kyle. So, man, I thought that was a uh, that was funny to. It was cool, refreshing <laughs> to actually hear that because normally those TNT clips are like such garbage. Like they don't actually yeah. release yeah. any good information in those mm-hmm. clips because those clips have to get approved by somebody yeah. on the team saying that we can broadcast this. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was that. ridiculous. Yeah, they were up by a uh, thirty-something points at some point, thirty points, then nine minutes to go in the uh, in the fourth quarter, and Sabonis actually fouls out. And I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. There's no way there's a comeback coming." And yeah. and if it had, I would like somebody would have directly texted me if that uh, if that comeback had happened because I was watching yeah. the, watching that recorded playback a little bit, which is why this uh, streams on a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 
like while Robin, you know, he claims that I'm a Wizards fan. I'm, I just, I just, I, I'm not. I have respect. Bro, you literally texted I, us. No, I stop, <laughs> <laughs> stop. Uh, but no, I have respect for Russell Westbrook and and Bradley Beal. How how far they've come this season. Uh, I saw that they were 15 games below 500 to you know get in the A seed in the playoffs. Uh, you know they were like top five worst in the NBA for, throughout the first half. Uh, of the season and so just to be able to come back and get into that eight seed is is a big accomplishment and they've really uh turned this team around uh not only as Westbrook and Beal stepped up uh they got they got uh good minutes out of like uh Daniel Gafford which they traded for uh in the middle of the season uh he's played great defense he's given them uh good energy uh on offense um Ish Smith has been play, has been playing well, especially as of late. Um, Ish Smith is the number one point guard to steady your team. If mm-hmm. you are a team that plays in the Eastern Conference that is never on any national TV games, <laughs> dude, that guy's been on the Detroit Pistons, on the Knicks, on the Cavaliers, on the Wizards more than one time, I believe. Mm-hmm. And these are all the guys that don't show up in national games very often. So, yeah. you know, people that don't watch outside of the playoffs are not going to know this guy's name, but. Yeah. A steadying hand, and I think he personally should play a little bit more mm-hmm. ahead of Howell Neto. But Neto yeah. got some 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 scores in the lane, so he can shut me right up. But uh, but yeah. And then also the Wizards have gotten good minutes out of out of all people, Robin Lopez. You know, <laughs> like hey man, leave Robin no, Lopez alone. I, I, I mean, Why did you laugh when he said his name? He's a <laughs> good defender. He team is defender. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, he's a he's a good solid team defender on offense. You know, he's got that good. Uh, where when they were playing uh, the Celtics like uh, a couple days ago, he hit uh, Robin Lopez with the uh, like a fake, fake, and then turn around fake, and then like finally went up with it. I thought it was like pretty funny to see because he actually made it too. And I was like, I was like, dude, like Robin Lopez is really doing this, like. It, it it was funny to watch, but he's been giving them good minutes. Like, I mean, Shaq Shaq said, said during the halftime show he was dominating, even though he only had nine points and one rebound. But uh, whenever he's on the floor, he he kind of ends up like demanding, I guess not demanding, but like end up drawing like more attention than he really should, because uh, because he ends up uh, making plays. So I'm like, I guess you know it, if it works for them, it it works. <laughs> You would be saying this if he wasn't so comical looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, is his nickname Big Bird? Cause uh, can... no, he's Sideshow Bob. Come on, he looks just like Sideshow Bob. <laughs> oh, I, I... No, it's it's not it's not ringing a bell. But he Sideshow Bob? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not ringing a bell. I, the guy I, from I, The I... Simpsons? No, it's, nah, I don't remember. I don't oh remember. <laughs> I didn't watch that much Simpsons. You didn't watch The Simpsons, Cal? Oh, I, I, no, I, I watched more like Family Guy and stuff, but nah, no, that explains a lot. <laughs> Shut up! But no, like, uh, I mean, I, I thought he looks like Big Bird, you know. Like, if any NBA player looks uh, closest to Big Bird, it would be that guy. I mean, Big Birds, him. Bob, whoever you want to call him, who yeah. went four for five for nine points, they better put some respect on his name. <laughs> oh, you don't recognize <laughs> Sideshow Bob? Oh, uh, okay. I, I I didn't know. Nah, he's he's a side character. I didn't, nah, I don't. I didn't recognize him that much. Take it. Wait, taking wait. advantage of of the new platform. He said I he's see. a side I, character. <laughs> yeah, I obviously I know like uh, 
Ned, Flan- Ned Flanders and stuff like that, you know. But uh, him, no. I, that's probably the even say Homer. You you want straight nah. for the neighbor? Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody knows Homer. Come on now. I'm not. I'm not that uncultured. You know. I'm not that young. All right. But. So. <laughs> this uh, this game obviously wasn't super compelling. Yeah, We're talking no. about The Simpsons over here. <laughs> but who do you guys have as your MVP of this game? And you can say Bradley Beal, even though he played super valiantly. That guy is so hobbled. I don't know how yeah. he's going to heal up by some by Saturday or Sunday's matchup. Uh, we have to look at the schedule, see when they're going to play again. That guy get well soon because mm. he is more electric, of course, when he's more healthy. And I hope mm. he heals up. Yeah. What do you guys got for Robin? You got anybody for the MVP of this game tonight? Besides the Zara Mike Fratello? <laughs> uh, definitely definitely not him. I'll say that right now. Hey, he's, he was putting me to sleep. Y'all thought I was falling asleep. That commentator on, I was falling asleep. Oh, yeah. man. Like, um, before you answer that question more seriously, yeah, you're right. The commentary was whack. Like, yeah, uh, Marv Albert, you know, he's committed a lot of, uh, he's committed a lot to memory, a lot of great moments of, of, uh, of iconic moments over the years, Michael Jordan scoring, mm. LeBron, uh, all sorts of stuff. Just saying the word "yes" in the way he says oh, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a catchphrase, yeah, you know, uh-huh. which is which is wonderful. He had I, the, I, it's like I up? like the guy, but like I feel like two plays go by, and he's not even talking. Like he's catching his breath <laughs> or something. I'm like, where'd they go? Like it was like my he, TV. He just was. It. He was not made. For, <laughs> he was not made for this. You know, uh, long distance telecommuting generation and the job that he's doing you know it's hard for him to make out who's playing on the screen because at a distance you know everyone you know maybe there's two guys with similar hairstyles he doesn't know who's who uh and then but when you come but you take away chris weber who i didn't like uh, very much the commentary anyway you know hope he finds a, a spot that he likes better but you slide in another you know 70, 60 plus year old man, the czar, another legend, Mike Fratello, but you put them together and it's like, oh, this is two men on a park bench feeding the pigeons. Yeah. Ta- talking about, you, you know, know, last last night's game yeah. as opposed to being excited, yeah. you know, uh-huh. more auditorily excited, getting me pumped up for the game. The only guy that is in their age range that gets me excited is, and you got to give him credit, Hubie Brown. Man, I love Hubie Brown so much. Uh, you know that guy was has been broadcasting for over sixty years as well. But yeah, Hubie Brown's good. He's good. What, what I like about Hubie is he'll pick the underdog in whatever game it is, and he will obviously root for them. Like so, mm-hmm. it, right now the Pacers, you know, they'll give him a fast break point. He's like, well, you can't let that happen. You can't do that. You can't give up easy points in the paint like that. He's rooting mm-hmm. for the underdog to win in the game subtly, which is what I enjoy the most. So, Wait, so Chris Webber's oh, done? Yeah, he's he's done. He actually got let go by TNT before the season ended as far as the playoff run so he won't be back in a tnt studio as far as live on-air commentary and then uh marv albert (laughs) is gonna be retiring hanging hanging up the uh the microphone at the end of this playoff run so that'll be the end no more denture sounds from marv albert (laughs) at least we still got reggie miller guys yeah, 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 yeah. On the uh, yeah, he's TNT as well, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his partner. Yeah, great. Oh, but you were gonna say <laughs> sorry. Sorry to derail this. Uh, your MVP of this game? My MVP is Russell Westbrook. As generic as that sounds. Now I'm not even gonna look at his stats. Just the way he controlled the game. <laughs> like, you can tell he was controlling their offense. Okay, we're gonna push it the next couple possessions. We're gonna slow it down. Get into our offense. Give it to Bill. Let him do his thing. Um, you didn't see that against the Celtics. You kind of just felt like he was another player. He's not another player. He's freaking Russell Westbrook. He can take over a game by assists, by defense, getting boards and pushing, whatever it is. So I think 
today you saw him actually, what they've been doing over the last month or two when they've been winning all these games. He took over, maybe not scoring-wise, but he was kind of like that point god, control the pace, control the game. That's what he did. He was definitely the locomotion, you know, on this train. You know, sometimes that train's going to go off the tracks, but he's steering the entire team to where he wants them to go. Going fast, going to the rim, and, you know, spraying the ball out to shooters or, you know, to set people up for drives consecutively. So that's kind of my analogy on that one. Uh, I agree with Robin. Uh, I think it's hard to go in any other direction. You know, the mm-hmm. the ferocity was mainly, um, you know, from Russell Westbrook on either team. It didn't seem to be, you know, a standout performance from almost anybody on, on, the, uh, on the Pacers. You know, yeah. uh, Sabonis, my heart goes out to him. I'm a big fan of DeMontis. Uh, he had a triple-double, which, you know, can mean that it's a great game or a good game, but he was really putting in a lot of effort, had some turnovers, take, bringing the ball up the floor, you know, back and forth and trying to set the pace for his team, but just unfortunately got got uh, his hand stuck in the cookie jar too many times. I got to give it to Russell Westbrook myself. Do you have uh, any, anybody else that you want to be a contrarian over here, Kyle? Anybody other votes for MVP of this game? Uh I would say Daniel Gafford gets my shout out. I, you know, he may not have been, you know, literally MVP, but he he made a lot of good plays, uh, especially uh, in that first half. He had a a bunch of good blocks, uh, especially on like M- Malcolm Brogdon, and uh, he was just making plays, uh, rebounding. Uh, big dunks, at, man. Yeah, big dunks too. Like uh, finishing the fast break uh, off of uh, you know Russ's speed and all that. Uh, and not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but he had a he had a terrific dunk after yeah. getting Goga Pataze in the air. Goga Pataze is a terrific uh, shot blocker when he's in position. He's not a weak side shot blocker like somebody like Kristaps Porzingis or Miles mm-hmm. Turner at times or even Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid can do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Gobert can do weak side as well. But Goga Pataze is a terrific shot blocker in you know when he's stood up under the basket. Yeah. Yep, exactly when when he sees you coming. Um, or when you see him coming as well, but just one pump fake got some Ryan there, and then Gafford mm. went in for the jam and kind of mm. got the lead going back up in the second quarter. So, <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Uh, yeah, for sure. And the, dang it, you, you made me lose my train of thought. I was like Daniel Gafford. Oh, I, I guess I was gonna go off on uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Like, uh, oh, mm-hmm. he he was just he was just really middling and and he really showed that you know they need an energy guy to help uh, spark their offense sometimes cuz Malcolm Brogdon's you know he's a solid player but he's just he's just like he's so calm in his demeanor and like he's so like that's nonchalant <laughs> i mean he he's, i mean that that's good in any team but like w- when you're needing a guy to step up in a big playoff game like this like he he's not really he shouldn't be your go-to guy and uh you said uh Sabonis had a triple double but it's kind of an empty triple double you know he he wasn't able to close out the game he wasn't able to uh, uh um yeah he couldn't finish the game and then he couldn't bring the lead uh, back at all uh, so he needed another guy on the team to step up. It, it should, it could have been uh, uh, Brogdon, but he's just like he's just like show like nonchalant. And then he, like I was saying, he was getting uh, energy plays uh, were happening to him. Not he wasn't making energy plays, <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, no, you're like, right. Yeah. He was getting hunted nonstop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On defense, for sure. They were going right at him, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he was hobbled at all, but you yeah. know, it, it, he's not someone. He's a steadying force, yeah. a calming hand, yeah. going to get you into your offensive sets. Mm-hmm. But some of that is a little bit of diminishing returns because 
a lot of the offense runs through Sabonis as well through mm-hmm. the pick and roll, and he can distribute on his own. So mm-hmm. how, you're you're kind of cutting into that value just yeah. a little bit. Uh, and you know if they're missing you know key players, it's hard to get the offense going when McDermott isn't going nucle- nuclear uh, mm-hmm. like he was just a game ago, mm-hmm. uh, putting away the the Hornets. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of talking this game into the ground. I did want to know, and I did mention the Hornets game. Any other uh, Eastern Conference play-in games or moments that you guys want to talk about as we have wrapped up the play-in tournament and going into the playoffs? Uh, I mean, just just that first uh, Pacers-Hornets game. Uh, I, I thought that was an even matchup going into it, uh, but the Pacers ended up running away with it. Uh, and, and then Robin's been saying this the whole time, you know, that the East is uh, not as exciting to watch as the West. And... This playing tournament definitely showed that because, like, two two to three games were blowouts, and then the one that was kind of close, like, didn't really feel all that competitive, like the Boston uh, Washington game. It looked like both those both those teams were making like clear mistakes uh, to like lose them the game, but uh, like especially Washington on defense on Jason Tatum, like he was already uh, going off, but they kept on. Uh, Rui Hachimura and uh, I can't remember if it was Alex Lynn or or Bradley Beal or whoever they they would like leave him open off a of, off of a pick or roll like uh, open on the three point line and he would just Jason Tatum would be like surprised he had enough space to or they left him so much space to take the shot and it's like it was just like really weird to they they just made some weird plays and then Boston you know has hasn't looked super strong themselves you know they lost Jalen brown unfortunately at, you know at the worst time possible but their their season wasn't looking that great anyway uh and so it's just like i mean going into these, these first rounds for the for at least uh the 76ers and the nets is probably you know not looking good for either of those teams i mean the, the only chance boston has is if like the nets play like absolutely like like they don't even try on defense but you know that's probably not gonna happen so we're not locking in our official uh playoff predictions and Mm. you know number of games played but you know i wouldn't be surprised if the celtics only get one win uh in that particular series uh so he kyle you know preceded you a little bit, Robin. He said that you said that the Easter Conference is weaker than the West. And when we talked about this earlier this week, like yeah. this is not new news. This has been yeah. happening for 22 years at this point. But it's also a bit unfair. If the Lakers weren't in this bottom bracket, we wouldn't have had uh, yeah. a game as tight or as close or with so many stakes and storylines. I mean, we would have had the Lakers against Portland then or the Lakers against the Mavs then, or well, the Warriors against the Mavs. No, that's, yeah, Warriors-Mavs or Warriors-Portland. So, yeah, it's definitely stronger for sure, but mm-hmm. I think that you're still at the same time. A but, ten a ten seed in any in any year is going to be weak, you know. So I'm not saying that I'm surprised that the Western Conference was you know watchable, competent basketball. I'm saying I wasn't expecting the Eastern Conference side to be some sort of fireworks show. These are the ten seeds, you know, <laughs> ten seed, nine seed. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. I didn't have high expectations. I mean, I get what you're saying, but you could be wrong. That's okay. Um, uh, I did want to. Uh, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I did want to. Uh, Give a give a little preview now that we're moving on from the Pacers in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Kyle did link us to a video clip of of O'Shea Brissett yeah. talking talking that talk after making a three that you yeah. wanted me to highlight, yeah. Kyle. I'll put yeah, that yeah. for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
You want to go ahead and eulogize this man while I put this on? Yeah, yeah. He was playing good in the first game, you know. He was making big plays, helping them blow out uh, uh, the Hornets. But uh, he didn't have as much impact in this this second game here. You know, he started... You put a clip of a team that almost lost by 30? Yeah. I mean, I... Hey, but they won by 30 in this one. Yeah, they won by thirty right here, and then oh, this is against yeah, that's right, yeah. my bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Really? No, no. I mean, this would have been a funny moment too if he was popping off after uh, after hitting a three, <laughs> like when he's down thirty or whatever. That would have been uh, hilarious too. But that's uh, mean. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was also a ten-day contract, and he showed up. You know, he showed up uh, great against the the Hornets, and that that was disappointing in my opinion. How how. The Hornets weren't weren't able to keep up. Uh, you know, Lamelo didn't look that great. Uh, PJ Washington didn't have a good game. Uh, I mean, they're on a five-game losing streak going into this yeah. playing tournament. Yeah. So yeah, they were cratering even before they got here. Well, um, I just like throughout the majority of the season, you know, they the Hornets were up to like the fourth seed. So I they they looked solid mm-hmm. throughout the season, and then obviously you know they lost uh, Lamelo Ball, and so they slid down the standings. Uh, but they still were a, a solid team. But then, uh, so I thought that's why I thought this matchup would be e- even, you know, going into it. But they they completely like folded and lost and their faces. And he's been struggling coming back, even in his yeah. normal, you know, playoff, uh, uh, ser- uh, not playoff, a uh, regular season games to end the end the season. Lamelo was, and <clears throat> I think we're coming towards the end of the Eastern Conference playoff play and wrap up. Yeah. I wanted to share the photo of the game from the Wizards, uh, <laughs> the Wizards. Uh, Pacers contest tonight, and it's a great one. Yeah. Like, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Westbrook going, uh, going ham, yelling. Yeah. Sabonis I, looking kind of like in his eyes. A lot, a lot going on in this photo. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Brad Beal out there, you know, yeah. hanging on the rim. You yeah. know, he's cheering. He's no, he's hanging with one hand, but he's yeah. cheering with the other yeah, one. Yeah, Don't yeah. forget my guy, Mr. Alex Len, either. Yeah, 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 man. Alex Len gets a lot of hate. Deservedly so, but he was solid in this game. It's kind of uh-huh. easy when you're running out of the score on boys, but you know he was he was making some contributions in the paint because mm-hmm. there were no Pacers to stop him uh, yeah. whatsoever. Oh my God, it was yeah. uh, abhorrent. Yeah, Bradley Beal uh, slapping the backboard. Everybody oh, on that's the Wizards like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I forgot uh-huh. they used to be banned in uh, in, in college. Oh yeah, Rogue, the, so was the, oh, yeah, to, yeah. to follow up on Kyle's point about the Hornets. Um, I feel like they're gonna have to trade Devonte Graham. As much as I, I I like him, I feel like they have too many guards. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, they got Ball, they got Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. They got Devonte Graham, Gordon Hayward. They got too many guards, and they got a couple of wings, a couple of big men. But they got they. I feel like they put themselves at disadvantage because sometimes they don't know who to start. I mean, Devonte Graham was one for eight. Like last year, he was a beast. He was what, a candidate for uh, most improved player, if I'm not mistaken. And this year, like, he just fell off. I know he was hurt for a little bit, but I had him on fantasy, so I know he's fell off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I dropped him real quick. And I had him in fantasy a year ago, and I, that's how I know that a hot September, you know, August or whatever, whenever that season began, brought his value way up, and it put his name in everyone's mouths. Like, oh, they got Devontae Graham. He can shoot. Oh, I'm going to pick him up on 2K. And that kind of gets the word of mouth going on Twitter or whatever, but they're the Hornets. They're not on national TV. People are not watching them. They just got LaMelo. That's why he's on national TV now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just by hearing that one month can go a long way. Uh, so 
I feel you. And that's someone that they can probably get some trade value for maybe if he has a hot start to the season because it's unlikely for them to get good value out of longer contracts like Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, what have you. So, so they for sure, definitely for sure. have some, some promising people they can build around for the future. I mean, they got Ball, Bridges, Washington. They got some, they got some good pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just about kind of finishing that roster up. I think that's something that the Celtics are so struggling with is making sure you get the right pieces for your stars to actually win. Dude, if your name is PJ, I want you on the team. PJ Tucker, <laughs> PJ Dozier, PJ Washington, all good. They're three for three. Uh, so, you know, solid defense. <laughs> defensive yeah, solid players. defense, energy, you know, yeah, not bad. Uh, None of them uh, are negative, and they can all shoot. Yeah. So, so I'm with it. Um, let's move over to the, to the Western, Western Conference. Con- yeah. Yeah, so that – conference is completely finished except for the Warriors versus uh the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies game that's coming up Friday night. Um what do you guys want to talk about first? Well, uh, l- l- let's just uh talk about let's let's lightly go over Grizzlies uh San Antonio first. Uh before we hop into the Lakers cuz hey, you know, a- a- everybody He's everybody the Lakers hype. He watched the game today. He's caught the I, hype. Oh, you're right. He watched the late. We, uh-huh. we slept had... on it. We slept on it. He watched yeah. it today. Yeah, it's yeah, fresh. Just, so, yeah. let's get uh let's get DeMar DeRozan choked yeah. out of the way. Yeah, 4 for 19 uh-huh. from 2. Mm-hmm. Uh unfortunate. Uh not a lot of threes on either side. Mm-hmm. John Morant unsuccessful from 3 for the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh he missed a lot of uh, free throws too. Dylan Brooks straight bashed a Rosen right no, off I'm not. the bat. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that I'm saying that. I'm just saying that that's what is being said because yeah. he's got the Toronto Raptors kind of during the headlights look at times when he was playing against LeBron. They traded him away and then won the championship afterwards saying, you know, maybe this isn't the right piece. Um, I'm not, I'm, I love DeMar DeRozan. Don't get me wrong. I, maybe I came in a little hot. Uh, I feel like you're bad. saying these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally saying these things, I guess, but I'm parroting what I've what I've been reading. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, Dylan Brooks dunking on everybody. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, uh, yeah. What uh, what do you, what are y'all what are y'all's memories from this? Uh, one? Bad bad luck, uh, Demar. That's you know that's all I gotta say. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, Dylan Brooks. I mean, I feel like the Grizzlies kind of have like a bunch of nerds that can ball on their team, like Dylan Brooks and and Kyle Anderson. <laughs> what are you talking like, about slow mo like that? Yeah. You calling him a nerd? Yeah, a I mean they they just look like nerds, kind of like just like from the face and their hair and stuff. Like what is what does the nerd look but, like, Kyle? Like yeah, Kyle uh-huh. Anderson, like <laughs> oh, Kyle <man>. Anderson. <laughs> but no, like. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny that I'm harsh on Kyle Anderson, I guess, because we have the same name. You know, he's tarnishing the Kyle name. You know, unlike me, you know, like me, the, I'm the, tight as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know the the really successful. You know, I make millions from this podcast. You know, like I, I'm I'm the one holding up the Kyle name, but no, no, but uh, it's just it's just funny to to watch him sometimes. I mean, he's he's good. Uh, he's great on defense. You know, uh. He's funny to watch in the in the fast break, you know. He really puts the slow mode to use, but uh, he he makes good plays. Uh, majority of the other time on both sides of the ball uh, contributed well. Dylan Brooks, uh, he did the same thing. Played great defense. Uh, I also saw a stat that that he has like the most fouls in the in the NBA this season or or something like that. But uh, you know he fouls a lot, but he plays hard on defense. You know he he's got to guard some of the best guys in the NBA because uh, as a wing. Uh, and in this must must win game, you know, winner be eliminated. 
you know, he, he showed up to play. He's not known for, you know, his offensive presence. but uh, Yeah, man, going down the know. stretch, uh, there was a moment where I think it was Jaron Jackson Jr. came down and got a block on a fast break from the Spurs. And then it got rebounded by another spur, and then I think it might have been Patty Mills, and then it, and then um, Kyle Anderson comes in and blocks that one, and then a third spur comes out running after the fast break and dunks it, and then you know uh, Kyle Anderson yells back at his team, "What the hell are y'all doing? Y'all just watching? They should have come mm-hmm. back and trying to get that rebound after that second block, but they gave up on the play." So uh, energy plays like that are terrific. You can see that um, that fire to play defense and do the right things has carried over from San Antonio over to Memphis where he used to play. Mm. Um, and so, (laughs) but, uh, so I think that that was terrific. I thought that, uh, Desmond Bain had some great stuff and and Jaron Jackson Jr. Outside of that one three point shot that he got the horrible foul call on and got three, three shots out of it. He was, uh, playing super well, shooting good from three. Didn't get a lot of shots up three for six, 50% from the floor. I thought he was doing a great job stretching it. And it was a big, uh, difference when you compare playing from last year to playing from this year, just getting that extra space because John Morant is not a three-point shooter. Those guys are playing like six feet off of him, and they need someone to stretch the floor for him to get to the rim. So I wonder what's going to happen against the Warriors. Did y'all not bring up Jonas Valachunas? Yeah. Oh, you know, no, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was saving him. Yeah. him. I was saving him for you. It's like the, it's like the Royal Rumble. Come yeah. on. I know, that's, that's tough. Like, he was dominating that game, especially was, in the first half. He was dominating. I was uh, gonna let you rumble him in down down the down the uh, down the ramp like in the Royal Rumble, R- Royal Rumble, the most intimidating guys coming at the end, which is Jonas, just bullying dudes. Right, Jeff, I, I feel dudes. like you in the wrong industry. You doing a basketball podcast? I feel like you need to do like a WWE podcast. We can so. cross him over. I'll bring in. I'll bring in the Rock. <laughs> he won't be complaining <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Jonas Valanciunas did his thing. Uh, John Morant got off to a little shaky start, but he he dropped twenty. Um, he's kind of getting the feel of the game as well, like a Russell Westbrook. He might not have the best shooting or the best shooting nights, but he can still win you a game by just being a point guard. I feel like a lot of people now think that point guards need to score like Steph Curry or Dane, but in reality, point guards can be like Chris Paul. As you see, wherever he goes, they win because you really need a point guard. Um, and then Dylan Brooks, there's just something about that guy, man. He's, he's a stud on defense. His offense is getting better as, you know, he keeps playing. They're just, I just don't like him. There's something about him. I just don't know if it's his and face. That's what you want, because you know you're not on his team. You don't gotta like him. So anyone that plays against but, him is gonna feel like you. Even if he, even if he came to a team I really liked, like I just don't like there's something about him. You know, he's just, he's just goofy looking. I guess I don't know. Yeah, this have you all seen Step Brothers when they're at the Candelina wine mixer and the guy's like, "There's just something about your face." Rob Riggle says that. I just want to punch it. That's just how I feel. Towards Dylan Brooks, I like the guy. I like his skill. He's a beast. He is a he's a pest on defense. He's gonna make life tough for Steph Curry again, oh, like they just played. But mm-hmm. there's just something about him. I just don't know what it is. Can't put he, my fingers on it. He he's following in Tony Allen's footsteps. You know. I love Tony Allen. Oh oh, you love Tony. Oh, oh I love Tony really? Allen. I, oh yeah. I, I know a he lot of the, like a lot of players uh, or a lot of fans hated him too. Unless you're right. When the Grizzlies were like the grindhouse era, yeah. and Tony Allen was the one carrying that. Oh, I love Tony they, Allen. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they, they've kept up that mentality, though. Uh, the the grindhouse mentality. Um, yeah, you could see it in that last game. You know, uh, it started out 
you know, with the uh, Grizzlies going on a big run, and then the the Spurs were able to weather that, and they went on their big run and uh, kept the game close, and it kind of it kind of stayed close from there. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was fun to watch. They, they they've kept that grindhouse mentality uh, even without yeah. you know Tony Allen, Mike Conley, uh, Marcus All, all of those guys. Zach Randolph, yeah. yeah. So um, when uh, when Kyle mentioned the other day, he said the the forum FedEx forum must be the second most hype uh, place to play. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the other the other one you said was the War- Oracle the, Arena. The, is that what you no, said? No, no, Fe- uh, the Phoenix. Uh, oh, Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Phoenix is good too. But Oracle yeah. before they moved over to San Francisco was hype. But oh, yeah. you guys have seen the video of uh, of when the the Grindhouse, Tony Allen, Marcus Ole, Zach Randolph yeah. were out there, and they had the whole arena chanting "Whoop that trick." I've probably heard that or I probably Dude, see that, man. but I don't remember it. Yeah, it's from that movie Hustle and Flow. You know, whoop that yeah. trick, get him. And then they had every, all these white people in in, uh, in Memphis <laughs> yeah. chanting it too. All these all these families <laughs> chanting whoop that trick, man. That was that shit was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing uh, also about the Spurs, yeah, I I have this uh, tweet pulled up to the side. I didn't I didn't share the link unfortunately, but uh, uh, it's from it's from this writer writer from the Athletic, uh, Law Murray. Uh, he tweeted out, and I retweeted on on the on the Twitter. You know, follow us at uh, Shot Caller Show that uh, on Twitter. So, uh, but he says not one of these young Spurs shoot the three comfortably, like not a single one. And uh, and I think that's that really showed uh, against uh, the Grizzlies. I I think I uh, I don't have their stats pulled up, but their three point percentage was like really really bad against against the Grizzlies. And you know throughout the season it hasn't been great. They've been one of the highest shooting uh, mid range teams in the league. Yeah, b- both the teams, uh, yeah, Spurs yeah. and the Grizzlies, both shoot an extraordinarily low amount of threes compared to the mm-hmm. rest. Mm-hmm. And and. I, I would say like probably the only like good shooters on the on the Spurs is probably like Patty Mills maybe but uh and also like I guess you could say Rudy Gay probably I late in that game you know he hit a he went one big three uh to to you know give them a a chance to attempt to tie the game up but uh, obviously it wasn't enough but uh it, it's funny that you know Rudy Gay was one of the big players to uh you know make plays for the spurs down the stretch but yeah they they just need they just need more shooters i mean they got a lot of young guys and then uh i'm sure some of them can develop into shooters but they would both of these teams you know they're they're not really gonna with the nba today anyway they're you know they're probably not gonna make it far without being able to uh shoot many threes yeah they do have a lot of young pieces, though. That's something that I think a lot of people don't understand is the Spurs are here to stay. Like mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, they, they're they here for a while. They have some really good players. Uh, Murray, I think he can definitely develop into a three-point shooter. He has that mid-range. I feel like yesterday he just was not on at all. He was missing some baskets he usually hits, but he can de- definitely develop into a shooter. Lonnie Walker can also develop into a shooter. That's the scary thing is, like, you have Pop and you have all these young pieces, like them two, Keldon Johnson. You know Pop's going to put it together. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be scary when he puts it together uh, for the rest of the West. They they could trade for a guy like uh, Devontae Graham. Uh, man, yeah, I don't they, know. They, yeah. uh, they already have too many guards. I just I, named two guards. Uh, okay. why would you... well, that's why I said trade. That's why I said trade. You know, trade one of those guards. 
Well, I'm I know I'm just I'm just throwing out a hypothetical, okay? Uh I'm happy with the with the development that they've got going on thus far. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. what I wonder is what's gonna happen with DeMar DeRozan. Uh his contract I believe is coming up and mm-hmm. uh yeah. he can either opt in or opt out. Uh and yeah. I wonder where he, where he might go after that. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Dallas, despite what I said earlier, because being a second or third option where he can actually go to the mid range and play off of Luca. I think that's something terrific because we know Luca can stretch the floor. We know Porzingis can stretch the floor. And then when they need another attacking option, it's something to explore because I've never seen an offensive player enter Rick Carlisle's system and not flourish uh, in some kind of way as far as adjusting the scheme or what have you. So, other, other than Rajon Rondo. Well, I mean, that's different. Rajon Rondo <laughs> is like, uh, he's trying to buck the trend to wherever he goes. Yeah. It's got to be his way or the highway. DeRozan on the Mavs, that'd be nice to see, especially him going 5 for 21 in the playoffs. I know. And him... <laughs> oh, and you're coming at me <laughs> for coming <laughs> off the top rope. But that's the thing. He doesn't have to shoot 21 shots in the playoffs yeah. if he's playing with Luka Doncic. Well, however many he shoots, they're not going in in the playoffs. I'll tell you that. But 5 well, for 10 is he's better cursed. than 5 for 21. He has like a little T-Mac curse on him. He could be cursed. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Yep, but uh, so that's it for that one. You want to get into the meat and potatoes, uh, Kyle? Because I know you're glowing over here, ready to yeah, talk yeah. about that. Hey, yeah. Fresh, fresh on his dome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let, let's go ahead and uh, get into Lakers, Lakers Warriors. Uh, it definitely lived up to the hype, you know. Uh, just LeBron versus Steph, and that's what we got. I mean, LeBron and AD in that first half, you know, they were struggling a, a lot to get stuff going, but down the stretch, you know, they they were able to pull it together and and ended up pulling out a win. Uh, well, whenever I saw that clip of the game winner though by LeBron, I I thought it was like closer to the to the end, like like I thought there was like 20 seconds left or or less, but there was like a whole minute left on the clock when he hit that three. And there was like stops on like both ends. Like after after LeBron hit that, like n- neither other team was was able to score, which which was kind of weird because you know I mean it it makes sense because both teams are are solid defensively, but then uh, they also have great offensive uh, weapons. So a little weird to see, but but yeah, oh, it, was, I mean, it was so much I mean, fun. Both both teams were a little hobbled, but the yeah. defense of that game was yeah. terrific, man. Yeah. I can't even tell you Draymond Green was all over the place mm-hmm. guys were getting blocked uh, yeah. on both ends of the floor uh-huh. and dude like although that one that one post of a Draymond Green I think he was trying to post up um <laughs> was it Alex Caruso trying to put yeah. him under the basket yeah. but yeah. uh I don't think Draymond Green actually recorded a successful field goal in that game because uh, he got him all oh. under the bucket but then got <laughs> blocked or didn't even get the lane to go in but um I'm ripping on him but Draymond Green some amazing deflections, great post defense and poking the ball away, great communication, uh, covering both guys in the pick and roll, stunting towards yeah. the guy that's rolling and then recovering, yeah. or stunting towards the ball handler and then recovering to the roller yeah. and breaking shots up. So, man, that was that was what what a sight. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you guys want to say about the end of the game where LeBron James hit that logo, that logo three where he got poked in the eye, where yeah, Jim yeah. on Green was fouling him uh, in mm-hmm. the face? Do you think that was a flagrant? Uh, fireworks. Uh, what about Steph Curry? What about coaching? What do you guys want to say about that game? I want to start off saying Andrew Wiggins. The Wigs taking yeah, on LeBron was, James head on. He was doing his thing. He was being aggressive the whole game, especially LeBron coming off injury, then coming off another injury. It's probably not in the best shape of his career. It definitely, I feel like all the injuries he's had in the past, which has haven't kept him out. 
is kind of like finally catching up to his body. So Wiggins, he had to be aggressive, and he was. Uh, unfortunately for him, it's just him and Curry scoring, <laughs> literally. But um, besides that, I mean, for the Lakers' side, I think Schroeder has to do more. For being their third guy, he can't go three for 14. Uh, that's, that's, that's unacceptable, uh, especially when they start playing teams like the Clippers or um, the Nuggets or – the Suns, especially the Suns, he's not going to be able to go three for 14 and accept, you know, and expect LeBron to carry him or Anthony Davis to carry. Yeah. I mean, he did just come back from COVID because uh, cause he had COVID, I I, I believe it was. Um, so he did come back from that, but he did have a rough game. Uh, back to what uh, Richard said a little bit, you know, uh, Draymond Green stunned it to him one time off the pick and roll, and uh, he tried to hit Dennis Schroeder, tried to hit the roll man, but uh, Draymond Green read it like a book and and stole that pass. Uh, there was also, but but he did, he was making you know some plays. It wasn't great defensively on Curry, but he did have this one chase down or like fast break block on on Curry, which was preceded by. Maybe like a Draymond Green block on Alex Russo or something like it was. There was like blocks going back and forth and like mm-hmm. it, it was just. Block it was parties. Like, I know, yeah. Especially in the first half, that's why. That's why I texted you guys after I finished that first half. I was like, I was like, man, this this game is hype. Like, like holy shit, like. like texted me at yeah, work. I know. <laughs> yeah, man, that game was wild. It was low scoring for a good chunk of it. It was really mm-hmm. rough on the Warriors side of yeah. the ball. Um, besides <clears throat> Steph Curry. And besides Andrew Wiggins, how many, without looking at the box scores, how many Warriors do you think got beyond 10 points? Two. None. Zero. Oh. <laughs> there were a couple with 10 points and a lot of others uh. with nine and five points. But oh, okay. um, it was just a big pain uh, for the Warriors to try to score because they were hard doubling, uh, not letting Steph even catch the ball a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And that's not always a problem when you can get Draymond Green in a four-on-one situation. Uh, uh, four four-on-three situation to hit the open man, make the easy pass, but guys aren't finishing shots. Juan Toscano-Anderson had a couple of threes that were kind of timely and kept the lead at five, kept the lead at eight. But overall, Jordan Poole, uh, Kevon Looney when he was out there wasn't finishing. uh, Kent Bazemore wasn't finishing anything. Mulder, two for five. So these threes that go in when you have the likes of Sean Livingston in the mid-range or Draymond Green or Andre Guadella for a clutch three aren't happening. And, when it comes down to a final three-point shot by Steph Curry, um, this might sound controversial, but I don't think that shot should have gone to Steph Curry at the end because with two seconds to go when they're down two. (laughs) Max Kellerman over here. No, no, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not trying to say that. I think he's definitely the greatest shooter of all time and and he's clutch. But the thing is, He's shorter than everyone. How are they? How is he going to catch it and get a shot up in two seconds? That's appropriate over over lengthy defense. <laughs> what? I'm just looking Wait, at Robin. I'm just looking at Robin. He paid millions of dollars to learn how to do that. He does it all the time. No, no, yeah, yeah, but with two seconds to go, no, he doesn't. And especially if they're going to play him the way that he that they this, did. He has one of the quickest releases in the game. I understand. He can I'm easily not, hit I'm a not, couple of dribbles. I'm not and he saying, can pull up from 40. I'm not saying he doesn't have the range or the quick release. I'm saying they're not allowing him to even catch it. It ended in a turnover in this game. So so you're saying that they should use him as a decoy. Yep. And they should have okay. gone to Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me the wigs. Uh, not, saying, not saying that he's 
clutch in this moment or that we've seen it or that it's proven. But I think that's, that could have had a better success rate in this particular game against this particular defensive personnel. They're playing the best defense in the league, which is the Lakers. Number one defense, despite the injuries. They're going to sell out on Steph Curry. They should have decoyed him in this particular I, situation. I see where you're coming from because sometimes your star player gets a lot of attention. So, you know, you give it to the wingman or Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to call him the wingman now. Uh, all of that. But at the end of the day, I want my best player to have the ball, whether it's him and that's passing totally to somebody fair. else. For sure, that's, that's fair. That. That's, that's with, how it is. But, but with two seconds, he doesn't have time to pass. Hey, dude. For a lob, but you I'm just saying. Two second. You act like two seconds is like this. Like, dude, you have a couple dribbles. For sure, but it's the number one defense in the league. I think that they're, they're limit, the options are more limited in this situation. They're not playing number the Grizzlies. One. They're playing the Grizzlies, and that's different. They're playing the Grizzlies tomorrow. Why is Collins laughing Because this is so great. We we literally had a Max Kellerman situation. Like, but give not, me Iguodala. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. You're right. You're right. It, it, it was just funny because it was kind of you, you could where you, you could, stand. Yeah, I didn't say for the title. I said <laughs> uh, for no, to, yeah, to yeah, get yeah, the seventh yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, wasn't yeah. for the title. It was if aliens were invading. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Let's get that right. right. Aliens Either have way. the death ray <laughs> pointed at Earth. <laughs> give me Iguodala. Uh, <laughs> Oh uh, but but no. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, Max Kellerman saying that for the clicks. This yeah. is obviously not for the clicks over here. We got, <laughs> we got no clicks. Here. Yeah. So. We we need to clip it and ship it. You know, that's yeah. how we will get clicks. You're right, you're but right. but uh, no, I I feel like uh, Warriors uh, fans are kind of overhyping Jordan Poole a little bit. He did he did almost dunk on LeBron though. He he hit he hit somebody with a nice quick little crossover. Hit him with the Went two real quick, blew by him, and then nearly baptized LeBron James. Uh, I know Worldwide Wob, uh, he he tweeted about that uh, uh, after so, he rewatched the game. But uh, I feel like you need to get more out of him. Uh, he well, definitely dude, has I, I put that on uh, – you're right. He has potential. Mm -hmm. he's, he's able to space the floor. He had some success in his minutes. Mm -hmm. He played a lot of the first quarter, and he basically didn't play the second or third quarter. I put that on mm -hmm. Steve Kerr. They needed mm -hmm. offense. There were times yeah. where they put Steph Curry on the bench for, I think, five minutes worth of the second quarter, mm -hmm. or was it, it was the fourth quarter, one of those two quarters. And I was like, man, how? Are, and LeBron's out here? Like, how are they yeah. going to manufacture offense? It was the fourth quarter, and they were whittling the, the lead down. And I was like, what's going on? They didn't have Jordan Poole. They had Kavon Looney and Draymond Green out there. Like, how are you guys going to manufacture points? So I definitely put that on Steve Kerr a little bit, not mm. getting Jordan Poole out there when he had some success. Uh, put on Michael Mulder. You know, he's a Steph Curry lookalike. Get some attention. Maybe he confuses the team. So so who knows? Uh, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So shout-outs to Jordan Poole. Uh, and I had another huge shout-out for the Lakers coaching staff if you were done talking about the Warriors, Kyle. Uh, I mean, I was just going to make fun of Kevon Looney, but uh, oh, I'll save that it. for later. Oh, the, oh, no, I mean, he's just, he just, he's just like kind of big and, and goofy. And like, I, I feel like he could be more of a presence uh, down low, but I feel like he gets knocked around a little too often. Uh, Kind of, kind of looks like an ogre in my opinion, but uh, he, he, he could definitely be. God. I mean, he's, he's like, That's is this, far, is this, is this basketball far. analysis? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? Well, That's I said I was going to make, I was going to make fun of him, but. You called him an ogre. I know he's like he's like Who big and like I, You gotta give us an ogre impression. Like, yeah, one ogre is Shrek. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean give, give us a Shrek impression. No, I no, I can't do that. You gotta say donkey one time. <laughs> no. 
You got to. You can't call yeah, people. You can't, yeah, you can't you give can it. You can't take it. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna go to Shrek ogre. I was just gonna be like big, you know, big dumb ogre. Like, oh, give man, me. You call oh him dumb. Give, no, you got to give I'm us a donkey. I'm not calling him dumb. Give us you a just donkey. Him Don't get. Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You got the donkey, bro. Somebody clip that. Clip that. Oh clip that and send it to me. No. Clip that and send it to me. <laughs> Somebody, please. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a chicken. Clip that and send it to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, going, that's going viral. I'm going to make sure that goes I'm, viral. I'm, I'm sorry. Come on, Looney. Oh, man. No. I'm going to like send that to Mr. Looney, too. I'm going to get him on the no. show next week. <laughs> We're going to get head-to-head like uh, Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman over here with Kevon Looney and Kyle. And Kyle. It's oh, going to be more like uh, Richard Sherman and uh, Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah. Or Mark Cuban versus Skip Bayless yeah. when you took him yeah. apart. Basically, oh, anybody versus Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, my but, God. Well, but oh, yes, you were saying the main he, point. He, he's, he's a little – he's underwhelming for your starting <laughs> Bro, center. <you're> still... <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Are you still roasting the guy? Okay, no. Rich Williams about the Lakers. That's uh, Dude, I mean, so... nobody else had like barely anybody had ten points. You know, they need more offense. You know, and then also on on defense, you know, he's letting guys like Andre Drummond like get by him and stuff. And Andre Drummond's not good either. Like, yeah, especially on this Lakers like this Lakers squad like Montrezl Harrell and uh, uh, Andre Drummond have been like really underwhelming this season, even with LeBron. And AD out, like they're really underwhelming. And then, if you want to pull up that uh, that other tweet that I had about Anthony Davis, the I interesting oh, fact and that that leads to what I'm gonna say. So I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and pull that up one second. Yeah, AD Get went right like here. Here it comes. Shout out the tweet author, Kyle. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Stats Williams at Stat Williams on Twitter. Matt Williams. Uh, I don't know who he writes for, but uh, I'll look at that later. But Anthony Davis uh, went one for eleven when either. Un- Andre Drummond or Montrezl Harrell was out there on the floor with him, and he shot much better uh, when he played center. And maybe that, you know, obviously having those guys, maybe that's good for, like, matchup-dependent things, but it's like they also have Marcus Alston on the bench, you know, for matchup-dependent things. And uh, just just for how much, you know, they're they're paying him, they're, they're probably going to have to make some kind of changes, especially at the, like, center, uh, power forward, kind of position uh after this season just uh, so i'm not sure i mean you're probably right there's gonna be a lot of uh of roster reconstruction this team isn't afraid to change things up and they're they have the cream of the crop as far as you know picking their free agents and and being a destination and buyout guys but they have a they have a plethora of tools in the tools in the toolkit they can go whichever way they want to and i was gonna say the actual point but first i want to get out a little anthony davis you know, like Smack Talk, man, that guy was not showing up. Obviously, he looks a little bit hobbled. He's been coming back from a long injury. He wasn't aggressive whatsoever as far as uh, shooting the ball, going to the rim. And he, he did play outstanding defense in the second half, uh, clogging up the lane, stopping drives, and playing good defense out on the perimeter. So props to him in that sense. But in the first half, when we had Drummond and Macho's Harrell out there, um, when he, whenever he caught the ball on the perimeter, he'd have a mismatch. He'd have a short guy on him. He'd have Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and he'd pass it back out to the perimeter to give it to back to Alex Caruso, to give it back to mm-hmm. Jenny Schroeder, who wasn't having a good time at that moment. And as soon as they took the centers out uh, and then Anthony Davis played center, of course there was some more positives going on, better floor spacing for LeBron. Um, 
And so, you know, I was texting uh, JV, and he was like, Anthony Davis needs the easiest things possible, man. He needs to be set up for him to score. And that's only partially true. You know, yeah. he's definitely flourished more having mm-hmm. attention taken away from him and having LeBron James uh, on the court. Yeah. But the main props I wanted to give was to the coaching staff. A mm. lot of uh, organizations, a lot of coaches, a lot of staffs um, – put a lot of weight on who's making the most money on the roster, on who they signed, who's the big acquisition. We just got Andre Drummond. He's, we have a big three. We're not going to deviate from this. This is going to work. Whereas you see Montrezl Harrell, big acquisition. Andre Drummond, big acquisition. Dennis Schroeder, their starting point guard, not having it go in this moment. He just pulls them all, second half. Let's put in Wesley Matthews, guys that's going to defend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put in uh, Alex Caruso, somebody that got a stop against Draymond Green at Pokeway or against Steph Curry yeah, immediately Curry. When, he got, when he got put in. So yeah. guys that are going to contribute in that moment is who's going to play. This is a do-or-die situation. Uh, yeah. Seven seed isn't that much better than eight seed, but going on that side of the bracket all the way through is basically a death <clears throat> toll, a death knell for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a better shot going up this side of the bracket with a seven seed. Uh, and they secured it. It was a do-or-die situation. So major props to Frank Vogel for doing what he thought was right in the moment and not succumbing to external pressure. So And he did it last year, too. Yeah, shout-out to Alex Caruso. I, you know, he hit, like, he had, a, uh, he had to force up a three at one point, and it hit, like, the side of the backboard. And mm-hmm. instead of, like, you know, getting tilted or getting in Hanging his own his head, head. Yeah, yeah, he he made that play that you were talking about. You know, he, he stole the ball right back from from Steph Curry of all people, you know, so I, he, he was definitely a soldier this game, you know, it, he played great defense on, on Curry, uh, uh, definitely better than, than Schroeder. I mean, Schroeder's good on defense, but Curry was just having, having his way against, against Schroeder for the most part. But, uh, Alex Russo, on the other hand, you know, he, he, he gave him a hard time, a much harder time in my opinion. And, uh, he gave you good minutes, uh, uh, on offense as well. You know, he, he was, he had a couple of buckets, like finishes uh, off of uh, LeBron James. You know, just just like being in a high post, and then and then uh, having cutters go through. You know, he had a couple of buckets like that. Uh, shot. He had a he had a good game, uh, and that's why they keep him around, despite his. You know, he's not you know the best scorer that they have and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then KCP. I wanted to bring him up real quick. I know he's a basic 3 and D player, but he seems like the the player that can actually knock down shots when you need him to knock down shots. Mm-hmm. It's uh, When they're cold or they're missing a lot of shots or they're down like seven points, it's always him that's making something that mm-hmm. sparks a run. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, I, their third biggest contributor uh, last season in their playoff run, yeah. their finals run. And I think for him to be consistent, injuries, no injuries, whoever's in, whoever's out, it's it's important for them to have, especially somebody who Schroeder or Montrez Harrell can rely on, because he's gonna be playing a lot with the second unit, and especially with Schroeder when LeBron goes out. Um, so it's just good to see him. Way better to see him play than Danny Green, you know that guy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and then I know you were talking about Harrell, Kyle. I like him. I know he's not gonna bring you 10 points, 15 points, but he's an energy guy. You need one of those on your team to win a championship. You always need an energy guy. Um, he may just go in there and do a dirty foul or whatever it is, but he's going to make your team get more hype and have more energy. You need one of those crazy people on your team. Um, I'm going to so take like the it. advantage of this opportunity to talk about 
the 2011 10-year anniversary of the Mavericks run with Deshaun Stevenson on the Mavericks. That's exactly what I was going to say. When, when uh, <laughs> the guy that has an ATM machine in his house uh, and that guy, it's like they got the they got the heat on their knees. It's like 3-2. The Mavericks are about to close it out. And then Rick Carlisle was giving a, a, a pregame speech. He said, all right, guys, go out there, close it out, execute. Don't talk shit. Just execute. And then Deshaun Stevenson raises his hand. And he goes, coach, I'm going to talk a lot of shit. And he goes, well, I knew you were, but nobody else. <laughs> so so uh, he'll always have a spot like, in my heart. <laughs> him and even like Brian Cardinal. You expected him to come in and be like a custodian. Nothing a else. Custodian. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Sop up the minutes. That's for sure. <laughs> That's uh, funny, just, I remember he him. He just looks like an ogre, you know what? I'm just kidding. Oh, God, no. Nah. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything mean like that. I knew you wouldn't say that, uh, Robin. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, as uh, as Derek used to call Cardinal, he'd say, you're just a big burger. He'd call everybody a burger, is what Derek would call everybody. So whenever he, whenever he got to uh, the Mavericks and he was playing against Luka, they'd be, they'd be playing five on five. He'd be like, bring me that young burger, That's <laughs> what Derek would call him. That must, that, is that a German thing or something? I, I feel like I that's, it, so, no, that's it, so it's so weird. A, it's a, it's a Dirk thing, bro. You gotta you gotta hear him like talking shit to his teammates during warmups and stuff. And shout out to Dirk. Um, he made kind of a rare appearance on a podcast I listened to, the Bill Simmons podcast. Very popular. I'm sure people know about it. But he just had an interview for about 45 minutes talking about uh his sons and how he's playing. Some stories about Nash and the 2007, 2006, 2011 runs. So. Mm. I thought it was really interesting, and we're all big Dirk fans here. I think yeah. everyone that watches the NBA is, so it's worth a listen. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably definitely check that out. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I gave props to the Lakers coaching staff. Uh, Robin's giving props to, you know, Macho's Harrell and, and KCP. Great, great, terrific, terrific player. And then, you know, Kyle's talking all the shit yeah. about everybody. Um, I, 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 I thought uh, Kuzma uh, – I mean, KZP's, uh, he's that 3 and D guy, but he gives you a little bit of spice in there too. You know, he's able to, you know, go off the dribble and, and uh, go for big dunks and stuff at times too. So Yeah, he could definitely uh, be a little spicy. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of expand on what you said, uh, Robin. You were saying that KCP can stretch the floor from three and be a kind of reliable catch-and-shoot presence. Um, even <laughs> though he's not quite like J.R. Smith on the previous Cavaliers LeBron James teams, where LeBron James could run pick-and-roll and – or pick and pop with J.R. Smith, and J.R. Smith could kind of step back in motion and shoot. That's not really uh, KCP's strong suit, but he's not afraid to take any shot. Uh, whereas somebody like Wes Matthews, who did give it on defense, give it all on defense, have some good shots. There are times where he can kind of pass away from shots that are a little bit too difficult. Uh, that's not what's going to happen with Contavious Caldwell Pope. He'll make smart plays, but also isn't afraid to make difficult plays too. So. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay, so we've got basically the play-in tournament covered. Yeah. Um, uh, do you guys want to take a quick look at the weekend's matchups? Well, well, I was gonna, I was kind of thinking about the first round. Uh, you know, Lakers versus Suns. Uh, I, you know, obviously, you know, the Lakers just getting getting into that seventh seed. You know, uh, that that was probably what was most important to them. But I feel like the Phoenix Suns matchup against the Lakers probably the best uh, out of the you know the top four teams in the West. I feel like you know the the Phoenix Suns are probably the hardest team to to beat in the West. Uh, like that the Lakers could face. Uh, I they're great. They're solid on defense. You know they've got Chris Paul and D Book developing Aiton. You know. Uh, 
they're going to be a tough team to feed, and and they're also all healthy as well. Like Utah, mm-hmm. they're they're a little bit weak. I mean, they're Donovan Mitchell is expected to be back for the first for the first round or game one of of the first round. Uh, but you know, he's still a question mark. You know, is he going to be contributing as much as he was before he got hurt? Uh, Denver's hurt a little bit. Um, uh, that third seed, you know, obviously Jamal Murray out. Uh, so, but I, I, I feel like they, they could have matched matched up well against against Denver. And then, he, I mean, the Clippers is, I mean, that, that would have been cool to see in the first round. But you know, obviously they're, you know, their seeding, you know, wouldn't have allowed that to happen. And uh, the Clippers were trying to avoid them at all costs anyway. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, and so I, you mentioned uh, Denver and and Phoenix as far as uh, playing well and and being healthy for the most part, other than mm-hmm. the Jamal Murray injury, mm-hmm. and you know some of some of the interesting I guess threads as far as who's been playing super well all season long. The Jazz have been pretty healthy, and mm-hmm. unluckily they have this uh, you know physical injury to Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, they both got COVID near the end of the beginning of the pandemic, so that kind of was long behind them. You see mm-hmm. somebody like the Celtics, where you know Jason Tatum got it at the turn of this year, and he's still dealing with the after effects of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Paul and the Suns. Chris Paul didn't have a very deep playoff run with the Thunder, and the Suns didn't play a playoff uh, series or run like the Lakers did. So they've been healthy all year long. And then Jokic mm-hmm. got COVID during the whole layoff, you know, the, but when the league shut down, when he was over in Serbia. Or, yeah, Serbia. Um, is that the right one? Yeah, Serbia. And so, so yeah. uh, guys like that that kind of got that, you know, fortunately or unfortunately out of the way have had these long productive seasons and we kind of have less questions about them going into the playoffs compared to some of these other guys. So that's uh, really interesting. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so- excited to see the rematch. I'm sorry. I'm excited to see the rematch. So the Mavericks Clippers, see how the Mavericks have progressed. Cause in reality, what they did in the off season was to beat the Clippers in a sense, cause they lost to the Clippers last year. So everything they were doing quote-unquote, get a tough guy like James Johnson, even though he's not on the team anymore. Uh, that was all to kind of improve what they couldn't do last year, and now they have a chance to do it again. I don't think nobody thinks they're going to win, but it's definitely going to be a good series because the Clippers have showed a lot of weaknesses this year, unlike they did last year. Um, that's going to be yeah. fun to see. And then my big thing, I think the game that starts it off on Saturday is going to be the Heat and Bucks. I mean, in the first round, that's gonna be. I know that's that might tough. be the, that might be the best series in the playoffs for at least first round. Cause it, was that the Eastern Conference Finals last year or no, second no, round? No, it was the second round. It was round, the second but, round. Second but, round, but and, that was yes. And, but, but it was such a big upset because the Heat beat them in four. The number one, they beat the number one seed as a fifth seed in uh, four uh, or in five games. I mean, no, uh, I know. I think Giannis was hurt like the last two, but even then, I don't yeah. think he probably would have made it like. A game or two deeper, but I think the Bucks not being in the spotlight this year is gonna is gonna do wonders for them. Yeah, I mean, I I've been I've been brainstorming about you know the the entire playoff bracket, you know, uh, predicting who's gonna make it through and and whatnot, and that that one is like probably the hardest one for me to to really pick because I'm just like okay, obviously the Heat know how to defend Giannis and to uh, just they they have a game plan already uh, about the Bucks, and then obviously uh, Eric Spolstra's he's a smart enough coach to make adjustments uh, either within the series or right before the series because obviously the Bucks have uh, changed a lot and arguably 
even though they're not the one seed in the East anymore, uh, they arguably have improved. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see if, you know, the improvements from the Bucks have, are enough to overcome uh, such a solid team like the Heat. And, and Jimmy Butler is coming out and saying, like, oh, I'm locked in for the playoffs, and uh, they're hyping it all up and stuff. And we'll just have to see how it goes. I'm, Those I, guys, the Heat, yeah. Eric Spolstra, like – they are rounding into form like a boxer. Yeah. Like and yeah. like I don't watch a lot of boxing, but I've watched a lot of Rocky movies and those training montages near the end where Rocky mm. is in shape at the right time. That mm. is what I am reminded of. Jimmy Butler, mm. work hard, be the man. Like I'm excited. Um however, I am not trying to sleep on the additions that the Bucks have made. Yeah. I think yeah, that I, know. I think that uh Drew Holiday, you know, simple to say is gonna come a long way. Uh, addition by subtraction of Eric Bledsoe. Just ask the Pelicans; they didn't make the playoffs, not even close. Uh, sorry that uh, Zion got injured, but you know, yeah. just ha- having a guy that's gonna be deer in the headlights for real, for real, uh, is a big negative. And they got mm-hmm. a they got Drew Holiday for basically a steal. Uh, somebody like that that can space the floor and knock down shots. Bobby Portis playing well, so mm-hmm. I want. This is- I'm pulling for Jimmy Butler. I'm a big fan. I want him yeah. to overcome whatever he can. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if that series went either way. Yeah, Great pick, yeah. Robin, on uh, that one. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, the other one that I think is probably the most intriguing uh, is going to be, well, I mean, you kind of stole it, but I love seeing the New York Knicks play in the Garden. Uh, I've I've been there uh, you know, once. They've already sold. I've been there twice. They've mm-hmm. sold out the, uh, the first two home games. Yeah, they sold out their first two home games already against the Hawks. Uh, yeah. It'll be pretty cool to see Trey Young and see if he can execute in the playoffs. We know that he's got a lot of range. He's got great dribble moves. He's got some sneaky shenanigans as far as foul drawing that does change when the playoff whistles tighten and they and the. He's a playmaker too. He's a playmaker, but you know the refs want to put the whistle in their shirt and not decide the game for the yeah. players. So if he's not getting that foul call, I want to know how they respond. Um, Nate McMillan has done a great job turning that series or that franchise around when they were tanking. They were going to fall out of the playoff rec- bracket. Mm-hmm. They fired their coach, Lord Pierce, went with Nate McMillan. So that's another one that I want to watch. And as you know, I don't want to discount the Wizards as we just saw. They kind of have the ability to steamroll uh, weak teams, but they're mm-hmm. playing the opposite in the Philadelphia 76ers. A strong team, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I want to see some monstrous plays from yeah. the runner up MVP. Uh, so, uh, I actually on Twitter, you know, uh, worldwide wall, but he was also like hi- kind of hyping up that series a little bit because mm-hmm. of Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid. They've had some history of, uh, you know, button heads throughout games and, uh, stuff like back when Westbrook was on, uh, OKC and stuff. So, uh, uh, both of those guys, you know, that they, they don't, neither of them back down from anything. And, and they also have, uh, Lots of energy and and mouths to keep up with it too. So, well, I, I think I think it'll be cool to see. Uh, I think out of like, I would give like the the Wizards like a five percent chance to win the series, like a five percent chance. But but obviously obviously you know Beal's hurt. Uh, and they got Ben 100%. Simmons on the other team to yeah. guard him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to know. guard Ben Simmons and, and Russell Westbrook, or and or Russell Westbrook. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be it would be extremely tough to see. But you know, you know, it's the Seventy Sixers have fallen short before, you know, so it's not like impossible. But it, but it is impossible for the most part. But uh, I I think that you know the biggest upset uh, potential is probably right 
right there in that series because I I feel like there's zero chance of upset like in between like the Nets or the next Celtics just because the Celtics have been like so underwhelming uh and and then also the Nets are coming back to form with all three of their player uh, star players coming back so it's like you know it's you know get ready for next season you know <laughs> uh, another good series in the West, which I'm kind of comparing to like the Milwaukee-Miami series, is the Nuggets and Trailblazers. I think that's think gonna be so? good. That can go. That can go either way. Yeah, I think because the Clippers, Mavericks, you kind of had to know that's gonna be Lakers, Suns. That's I mean, gonna be really good to I watch. Mean, uh, uh, Lakers. But, I mean, not Lakers. Uh, Clippers. Clippers. Mavericks. Could they could go either way. Like like that could go I, either way. But the the Nuggets, Trailblazers can truly go either way. Like. There's no, you can't say, oh, that's the Nuggets for sure. Yeah, as long as the Portland defense can kind of play, you know, decently on a string uh, outside of Nurkic and even Cantor a little bit, uh, I Uh, I think they definitely have a shot because they're they're missing, you know, the Jason Terry to Dirk like they're missing Murray to Jokic. So, Mm. uh, so we'll uh we'll see. Uh, man, it's so much excitement and it's so hard to keep up with so many games. Uh there's multiple games on every day <laughs> throughout mm-hmm. the entire first round, but uh I can confidently say that if two of us of the three are watching in real time, maybe an exciting game to the end of the night, uh just like we're live right now, we're gonna jump on live uh afterward, try to give you guys some hot fresh takes when we can. All of us have full time jobs, it can be difficult, but uh, we're gonna do our best to give you guys the content that y'all deserve. Give the people mm-hmm. what they want. So, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, if the Warriors get the eighth seed, I, there's potential there, like to have a fun series against against the Jazz, and then same with with Suns and Lakers. I mean, I I think, I mean, I I just think probably the Suns are gonna win the series, pro probably. Like I, I would say the the Suns are probably favorites. I mean, I don't like the, I, you know, it's never really good to bet against LeBron James, but like, like this, this is like a tough. It's gonna be, team. it's gonna be so fun to watch Chris yeah. Paul play against LeBron James. Has this yeah. ever happened? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it has. Uh, no, it hasn't. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it hasn't. Yeah, it's gonna be wonderful, and we are gonna put in our official predictions before the the playoffs begin on Saturday, the full playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, k- check out our Instagram for those picks. We're gonna mm-hmm. leave votes up on our stories for each of those, so you guys can vote as well. We'll, we'll bring them up on our next broadcast. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys want to go ahead and let people know where they can follow us? Anything else you had to add on the on the playoff previews? Nah, I'm excited. Uh, this 21, 2021 playoffs are. They're they're shaping up to be really really hype. Only thing I got to say is Kavon Looney's gonna go off tomorrow. He's listening <laughs> to his podcast. He's going off. <laughs> yeah. He's dropping fifteen with ten boards. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So that's terrific. Let's go ahead and let people know. Kyle, do you now know where people can find us? Yeah, people can find us at Shot Caller Show on Twitter, on Twitter and Instagram as it as it shows right there at the bottom of the screen. Uh, yeah, you can follow me and Robin's uh, personal Instagrams. You know, we'll we'll be contributing to the channel as well. We'll we'll have links uh, to the to the uh, Shot Caller's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, they were here in this corner right here for me and Robin. I'll, uh, I'll bring him back. Only oh, they've been yeah. on the whole episode, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you can follow Kyle for audio listeners at Kyle. That's K Y one E 
F1. Why and you can so follow. complicated, bro? It's you not that complicated. Robin Would you see it? It's not that complicated. The Robin Sahota. Uh, the R O B I N S A H O T A. Uh, the Robin Shada. Are we Shada. talking? About, are we talking about uh, y'all's Instagrams or where they can no. follow the podcast? The podcast, <laughs> podcast, of course. Yeah, but uh, as far as on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, on on uh, Stitcher, on Radio.com, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and anywhere else that podcasts can be sold, you guys can send us an email at mm-hmm. shotcallershow at gmail.com to get into our mailbag. And please, a rating and a review goes yeah. a long way, a long way, a long way. So we appreciate you guys us. tuning in to this episode, whether it be live or after the fact. And please watch out for the audio. Shout out to Guillermo. Who shouted us out and said, "Hey, you know, keep the audio coming because that's what I listen to Friday mornings." Mm-hmm. So uh, we appreciate you, and yeah. that's it for my episode. Anything you guys wanna wanna end on? Any final final words? All right. So yeah. I'm your host, Rich. I got Robin. I got Kyle. Thank you guys for tuning in to our first, or not our first, our first live episode on Streamyard, yeah. and we're looking forward to using this platform to give you guys great content. So mm-hmm. we'll see you guys uh, very soon. We'll keep an eye out on Twitter and Instagram for our live announcements. Yeah. See you guys next time. <laughs>